Welcome to Rise Resolute. If you are open to being inspired by gritty women who have pushed through difficulties and finding motivation in the way we are all connected, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Gina Meyer. I'm a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. I am so excited to have Carell Edwards on the podcast today. She is a Canadian 100-meter hurdler. She's currently living in LA training, and she's trying to qualify for the Olympic team. She has some great insight to share with us as we talk about her injuries and the struggles she's faced as a hurdler. So welcome, Carell. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, will you give the listeners a little bit of background on who you are and what you do? Yes. Uh, so as you said, I'm a Canadian 100-meter hurdler. Um, so that's a sprinting track and field event uh, where we have 10 hurdles uh, that we have to run over. And so I'm a five-time Team Canada member as well. And I'm from Ottawa, Canada. So that's the capital of Canada. Um, but as you said, I moved to Los Angeles to train with a professional group out there. So I've been out there for about three and a half years already, and uh, I have my eyes sight set on the 2020 Olympic Games, hoping to represent Canada at my first Olympic Games. Very cool. Um, yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm excited to um, talk more about the struggles you faced and some of your injuries and how you have persevered. And um, as per usual, we're going to start with a quote, my listeners. And um, this is a quote that Carell has selected, so it's meaningful to her, and I think it is awesome. So here it comes. Adversity, if used properly, will buy you a ticket to places you couldn't have gone otherwise. And I think that's such an amazing quote. And I can't wait to hear how that kind of relates to what you've gone through, Corral. So give us some insight on some of the injuries you faced. I know that you've um, faced a lot as you've been training. So give us some background on that. Yeah. So um, my journey has been far from a linear path, that's for sure. Um, I've dealt with um, several injuries over the, the years. Um, but just to kind of give you, the listeners, a little background, um, I started track and field when I was 15, so grade 10. I grew up as a gymnast that made the switch to track and field, and then I didn't start hurdling till my junior year of high school, um, and I got some success pretty early on. Within my first six months of hurdling, I had made Team Canada for the World Youth Championships, and then the following year, I represented Canada at the World Junior Championships. Um, I also won the Canadian Junior Nationals that year and uh, was named to Team Canada for the Commonwealth Youth Games. Um, and then after that, I got a, a scholarship to Syracuse University in New York. Um, so off I went to Syracuse for my freshman year, and I was set to compete at the 2008 Commonwealth Youth Games later in that October. And uh, so my new coach was like, you know, let's start now before the rest of the team because you have to get ready for the games. Um, but I had taken some time off from my last race after high school. And so my first day was very just a light warm-up on some grass, um, nothing crazy. And my coach had said, okay, tomorrow we'll, like, hit it hard and we'll actually start training. I said, perfect. So I went to bed, and I woke up, and I had lower back pain. Sitting was hurting, walking was hurting, so I didn't really know what was going on. Um, but unfortunately, I had to take some time off. I wasn't able to start competing or training even, and so I had to um, forego the 2008 Commonwealth Youth Games. And uh, eventually, I got to a point where I was able to train a bit, 
but still in pain. But I ran two races um, while I was at Syracuse. And then I just said, I need to shut it down. I need an MRI. I need to know what's going on because I was in too much pain. Um, And so the MRI revealed that I had a bulging disc in my lumbar spine. So between my L4 and L5 vertebrae. And uh, long story short, that was pretty much it from 2008 to 2012 when I started running again. Wow. Um, And yeah, so it was a long time. Uh, Basically my whole collegiate career, I didn't compete or run. And then since then, it's kind of just been a bit of a roller coaster, just a lot of up, uh, on and off back problems. Um, it's just something that I'm always going to have to manage. Um, most recently, this season, everything was going really well. So um, I had a whole body spasm in the middle of a run, and I fell to the ground and had to be carried home. Um, and it turns out I had an interspinous ligament sprain, which is basically you have ligaments in between your vertebrae. And so I had a bit of a sprain on one of those. Um, so that took me off the track for five weeks in the middle of the season this year um, but I was able to kind of come back towards the end of the season and still get some races in so that was good but yeah so it's just been a bit of a process um, that way with my my back issues over the years. Yeah I mean I think that it's really difficult dealing with chronic pain and pain that comes and goes and I know um, from my own personal experience back pain can be so frustrating and challenging so so did you take off um, the, all of those years after your original injury and then you returned to the sport is that what I'm hearing? Yeah so basically so when I shut it down after the MRI then about 2008 maybe beginning of 2009 and yeah I was I mean at that point I was still in pain in every day uh, like daily activity so going to class um, I had to stand at the back of the class because I couldn't sit through a whole class um, even for my writing exams they like accommodated me so I could write my exam standing up um, so for for the first two years or so it was really about getting out of pain for my daily activities and then it was okay, we can slowly start, you know, trying to get back on the track. Um, but yeah, so I was basically completely off from end of 2008 to um, 2012 or so. Wow, and, that must uh, have been so challenging, Corral. Like, how did you decide that you were ready to return? Well, so basically um, what happened was that I spent two years at Syracuse while I was injured. And then the team doctor had informed me that, he needed to do his job as, you know, a medical professional and that he wouldn't be doing his job if he wasn't informing me of the long-term risk associated with trying to come back to to running. And so he actually told me that the chances were that I would never run again and that I should pick up a new hobby. Um, and I, like, I mean, I remember leaving the, the doctor's office in tears because I was like, what, like, what do you mean? I can't run. I never thought about not running. Uh, but I quickly turned that into motivation because I thought it was ridiculous. And I was like, I'm going to get back to running. I don't know when. And, you know, I, I had my doubts, but not trying was never a topic of discussion in my household with my parents. Um, and so I just kept pushing. I went back to Canada to finish my degree and took the time with my coach at the time to to do a gradual comeback. And whenever I started feeling better, we just kind of kept pushing the amplitude a little more. And it's kind of just been like that ever since. I love how you yeah. talk about that he sort of gave you a no. The doctor almost kind of said, no, you're not going to. And you just turned that right around into motivation. I think that's, I think that's pretty awesome and powerful to think about. Um, as you were going through this, Corral, do you feel like you had to develop um, some kind of inner strength that was not there? Or did you already have it? Um, what was it within you that enabled you to kind of get through these rough times and continue on with school and, you know, with your life? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a few different things. I mean, I think, you know, overcoming obstacles takes hard work. And I think hard work, the principle of hard work in, you know, in order to achieve something is, was instilled in me at a very young age by my parents. I grew up playing the violin. I spent hours practicing with my mom. I also grew up as a gymnast, as I said, so training 50 to 20 hours a week. Um, so I was accustomed to hard work, and that's some, something I enjoyed. So when I got hurt in 2008, I was pretty, like, single-minded and focused on just do what I got to do to get back to, well, A, being out of pain on a daily basis, but also how to get back on the track, and I was prepared to do whatever it took. So I'm not um, – I don't shy away from hard work. So that piece, I think, was instilled in me, but it was also something that's just – in me um but i've also um you know had an amazing support system over the years i've been truly lucky to have so many people so many people in my corner starting with my parents and their unconditional support i mean they've never once doubted my abilities they've never once questioned what i was doing um you know a lot of people after three years off might be like what are you doing is this something you really you know is it really feasible for you to keep trying for this dream? Um, but they never questioned it. They've been behind me 150%. And, um, but apart from my parents, just I've had an amazing uh, amount of people who have just been there along the way wanting to help me and who believed in me from coaches, therapists, trainers, mentors. Um, I've been really fortunate that way. So I think having that support system really has helped me get to where I am today um, I'm not sure that even though I have the drive the determination and I'm resilient I really don't think that I would be where I am today without that support system right yeah and that's a theme that runs through a lot of our interviews and it is just so crucial support is you know what we all need and that's sort of the aim of this podcast too as if someone's out there feeling alone to realize that you're not alone going through struggles and to try to make that connection through the sound waves you know definitely I mean I think that even like for me as an athlete now um, that's something that I, I hope and I wish that more athletes at the top would kind of come out and talk about the struggles and the, you know, overcome their obstacles. Because I think at the end of the day, we all go through things. We all have a story. We all have things to go through. But sometimes we, we think we're alone and that we're the only people who struggle with these doubts and these fears or whatever it may be. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, there's, everyone has a story. And so if people could just share and feel not so alone, as you said, that would be really great. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it's, I feel like a lot of times people go through their struggles, but they don't wear them on their, you know, on their sleeves. They don't talk about it as much. And so mm-hmm. looking in from the outside, you know, they might be perceived that, oh, everything just goes right for this person or they, you know, they just had an easy time or an easy life or whatever. But really, that's almost never the case, you know. Um, and so I do. Definitely. I think you're right. I think sharing our stories, sharing our struggles, being open and honest and authentic um, can only help others um, to see that, you know, everyone struggles and we all kind of have to persevere and carry each other when when it's needed. Um, another thing that I really like that you just talked about was the hard work piece. I mean, working hard is there's nothing, you know, there's nothing more powerful than that. It actually reminds me of a quote by Mary Lou Retton. And the quote is this, um, it's working hard becomes a habit, a serious kind of fun. You get self-satisfaction from pushing yourself to the limit and knowing that all the effort is going to pay off. And obviously she was really successful. But yeah, the hard work yeah. piece is so important too. You just have to keep at it and, you know, keep that motivation and keep your goals in sight. So I like that also. Is there anything in particular that your parents or, you know, one of your coaches or someone said to you that really sticks in your mind, Corral? I think I always go back to something my dad told me um, in 2017. Uh, so 
I was coming back from another back episode at 2016. I tried to qualify for the Olympic Games. Same type of thing. I had back problems, and then I was kind of injured going into the following year as well. And I remember calling my dad crying and just being like, I just don't think that this is for me. Um, I was like, I think my body's trying to tell me that, like, I just can't withstand the the level of training that I need in order to be at the top. And I was like, I think I'm going to just, you know, quit basically. I'm going to let this go. I don't know why I keep, you know, hitting my head against the wall. Like this is just not happening. Yeah. And he told me, he's like, cry it out, you know, do whatever you need to do today to have it out. But he's like, you're not quitting. He's like, because you're not a quitter. And so he's like, have it out. Wake up tomorrow. It's a new day and get back to the track. And he said, at the end of the season, if you still feel the same way, then I will 100%, you know, be behind you and support you in your retirement. Um, but in that moment, I think he believed in me more than I believed in myself. Um, I was kind of ready to, you know, throw my hands up and say, I'm done. And he was kind of the voice of reason and said, you know, you're not a quitter. You're not going to stop in the middle of the season. You started, so you're going to finish. And I think he really did believe that I was going to come back and be just fine and I mean, that's the best, till this day, that's the best season I've had after that. That's when I ran all my personal bets. So that's really kind of stuck in my mind since then. That is so cool. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think there are like different pieces of the what he told you that's so great. The, the first piece is just saying, hey, cry it out. Have a good cry. It's okay, you know. Um, you know, embrace the emotion. But then do it and move on. You know, you're not quitting. You're going to get up the next day and try again. And that, you know, that relates a lot to any struggle someone's going through. It's okay. Cry it out. Have your moment. Um, but then start again, begin again, you know? Um, and then I totally got chills when you said he believed in you more than you believed in yourself. We all need someone like that in our lives. So I think that's, I think that's so awesome that your dad was that person for you. Um, that's super cool. And I think the the piece you just said, like the fact that it was okay to say cry it out. And I think, I think, you know, when we're at the top, we think you just have to be tough and grind it out and just be this. I, I know I struggled with that. I, I think I have to be this like emotionless person in order to achieve my goals. And I think I'm learning now to find that balance between it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to, have negative thoughts sometimes it's like it's just part of it and it's okay to acknowledge that you're frustrated that you're you're sad you're upset whatever it may be but like you said just don't dwell on those emotions acknowledge them recognize them and then use them to kind of dictate how you want to move forward and take action that's awesome. That's that's such great advice. Um, and, you know, another piece that I was going to add to that when the piece about your dad believing in you more than you believed in yourself, I think that's good. a good message for us to remember, too, when we are supporting others as well, you know, to take that extra step right. because sometimes that's what's, what our friends or whoever it is, our, our siblings, you know, um, that's what they need. They need someone to push them with a belief that is stronger yeah. than their own, you know, at that given time, at their given struggle. So just hearing how powerful that can be um, I think is, is a good reminder for us too to support those in our lives that we love and care about to go the extra mile, yeah. you know, when we can. So um, is there anything, Corral, that you wish you would have known at the time during the first injury or as you were like kind of going through this whole process? Um, is there something in particular that you're like, oh, if I had known that then um, that um, you would want to share with us? So that's actually an interesting question for me because obviously there are things that I would have wish I would have known, but um 
I think that life really is about learning from our experiences and, you know, good or bad, there's always something to be learned. And so dwelling on the past really doesn't help us with where we are now, where, where we're trying to go. And so, for example, you know, do I think I had the best medical advice at the time in 2008 with my original injury? Probably not. Knowing what I know now about my back, about my sport, about my body, about training in general, um, you know, I don't think that three years off was really warranted for a bulging disc. Um, but I was a young athlete who had never been injured. I was fairly new to the sport. And so I really did the best I could with the information I had. And I think that's just kind of how life works. And I mean, I'm sure that 10 years from now, I'm going to look back at today and say, oh, gosh, had I known that 10 years ago, that would have really been helpful at the time. Yeah. But I just yeah. don't think that that's how life works. And I think we go through things, we learn so we can apply them next, you know, next time we encounter a similar situation. And for me, for example, I've gone through so many injuries over the years, but this year, again, I had another injury and I took five weeks off, like I said, in the middle of the season um, where I did nothing. And that's basically a whole off season. So off season means when we're done with competing, we take a chunk of time off before we resume training to give our body some time to rest. So I basically took a whole off season in the middle of the season uh -huh. and was still able to come back. And, you know, the comeback wasn't as strong as I would have liked it. And I didn't make world championships, but the fact that I was able to get back out there and race, um, really is a testament to everything I've learned. And I think it's everything I've gone through up till now that enabled me to do that. Because last year I was injured. It wasn't my back that time with my Achilles, but that wrote me out for the whole season. And so I did some reflecting and what, yeah. you know, learned some stuff through going through that last year, which now this year I was able to kind of say, you know what? Okay, yes, I'm injured. Yes, I took five weeks off, but it's not over till it's over. Now we're able to kind of bounce back and come back. So I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but I think, uh, yeah. yeah. It does. I think that is an awesome answer. I mean, truly, I, I think learning from our experiences, I mean, that is like, that's the beauty of life. You know, that's where the good stuff is. And you make such a great point when you say that. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we we stress what could have been. But, um, you know, really, it's we shouldn't stress the could haves mm -hmm. because if it should have, it would have. And, you know, whatever it is, we have to make the best of it in the right. present moment. So <laughs> I think that's a really cool answer. And I really I appreciate that that insight because it's it, it does make so much sense. Um, and embracing, you know, the mistakes that happen or the injuries that we have or the struggles that we go through because we know they're going to mm -hmm. prepare us for what's to come. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's really powerful. Definitely. And these are things that like I've had to work at and learn like this insight that I have now. I didn't necessarily have it even a year ago or two years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. just for the listeners to know that it, it is a process and it's not easy to just see things in that way and to see, you know, to always be positive and whatnot, but to keep working at it. And it is something that you can learn and grow from. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love that too. It's not easy and it's not like it comes easy. It's work to do these it, things, right? It's work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so anyway, along those lines, I was wondering, is there any particular um, phrase or words of encouragement that you'd like to offer either an athlete who's going through injuries like this or someone who might be struggling in their own life, um, some kind of um, challenge yeah. that they're going through? Do you have words of encouragement? Um, I think we kind of touched upon it a bit. Um, again, just 
trying to surround yourself with people who believe in you because there will be times where you don't believe in yourself. And I think the sooner you kind of accept and recognize that stuff will happen. So for an elite athlete, you know, you will experience injuries. You will ex- you lose. You will experience failure. You will experience fear and doubt. And the same goes with any areas in life. But um, it took me some time to realize that that's, these things are really just part of the game, especially when you're pursuing something wholeheartedly. And so recognizing that it's not about having the perfect journey. It's really about learning from each experience and building resilience. And if you're passionate about it and if you have a dream, then I think you mentioned that earlier, fight for it. You know, keep at it. Um, keep grinding. And like the quote we said at the beginning, adversity, if you properly will buy you a ticket to places you couldn't have gone otherwise. So it really will make you stronger and allow you to achieve things that you maybe never would have imagined. Yes, I, I I love that. And I really do believe I'm with you on this one. I think it's our reaction to adversity, not the adversity itself, but our reaction and what we do moving forward that determines how our own stories will develop and how, you know, the successes that we will have. Um, so embracing adversity as an opportunity to learn and grow, I think is this awesome message. And it's what I'm hearing from you. I love it. Um, so Carell, can you tell us if we want to continue to follow your journey, how can um, the listeners follow you? Do you want to give them um, some information on that? Yeah, so uh, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is it's just my name, so at Harrell Edwards, so I'll spell that K-A-R-E-L-L-E, Edwards with an S at the end. And then I have a website, same thing, Um So those are probably the best ways to kind of follow my journey and follow along. And I'm always open to um, talking to people. So if people want to reach out to me and share their stories, that's, uh, that'd be great. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Well, very cool. I encourage you listeners to follow Corral and Corral, we are going to be rooting for you and, um, you know, cheering for you as you progress towards the Olympics. And I know that there are many, many good things ahead. So listeners, I will leave you with this. Um, don't be afraid of adversity. Listen to Corral. Um, use it as, a, as, a, as an opportunity for growth and um, help it to just push you that much further um, towards your dreams. Connected, we can rise.